Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Word Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I also brought along my buddy, my pal, my previous co-host, Ben King. We're going to be talking back, about... baby. Woo! Ben is back. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Penn State uh, and what we think Auburn's going to need to do to beat Penn State in Happy Valley uh, this coming Saturday. Ben, how you doing? How you feeling now that we have two wins under our belt? Yeah, it's not you know the biggest and hardest competition, but hey, two wins. We've seen some good things out of this team, offensive, defensively, and on special teams. So all three aspects of the game looking pretty good. How are you feeling going to this Penn State week? Yeah, AJ, I'm I'm feeling really good, man. Um, if you had told me preseason that we'd be blowing teams out, even if they are nobodies. Uh, I would not have believed you or I would have been like, what does that mean? And if you had said, <laughs> well, you know, on average, we're beating teams 61 to five, I'd have been like, you're full of crap. So <laughs> the, the fact that we, you know, come into this game, I think we're ranked number 20 in the AP 22 in the coaches somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, offensive scoring, number one yards per play, number one yards per rush, number three in rushing yards in all of college football and defensively the same number one in defensive scoring uh, for points allowed number one in allowed rushing yards, number one in allowed yards per play. Like this team is on a very high trajectory. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we haven't played anyone. Yeah. We don't have any real competition to kind of speak of. And this is a very hostile environment we're about to go into for happy Valley. So uh this is this is going to be a big one, and this is going to be really telling. It's our first real test. We've had a handful of quizzes, and we've just you know scored a hundreds on them. So here comes the first test. How well have we prepared? We'll find out on the gridiron. But I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, I think I'm feeling better than I I was thinking I would. Because honestly, maybe maybe it's just you know Ben. Think back on when we had Gus as our head coach and you know offensive coordinator it took a lot of time to like figure out what our offense was going to be, you know, four yep. or five games, usually on average. I, if, if it was under Gus Malzahn, I'd be thinking crap. Like we got to put some points up against Penn state or we got to rely a lot on our defense. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like I feel like our offense has figured out who they're going to be. And that's, you know, they've got their great running backs, but they've also got some pretty good wide receivers. Yeah. They're young besides Demetrius Robinson, and Shedrick Jackson, but a lot of them are pretty young and they all have been showing, you know, pretty good signs of they can handle, you know, some, some big, big plays. Now, can they, uh, how well were they do and, you know, the big lights in happy Valley and a hostile environment that's yet to be seen, 
but you know, that's, that's going to be this growing. And I think you're going to see some growing from this team to, especially on offense, I think how well they're going to perform when you have a hundred and I think 106,000 fans at happy Valley yelling at you and hoping you mess up. (laughs) How are you going to handle that adversity? So I think a lot of that's going to, um, you know, come out from this game. And it's, this is the first time. So there's a lot of things that are kind of special about this matchup besides the fact that it's our third time meeting Penn state, but college game day is going to be there. Uh, this is the first wideout game in two years for Penn state. They didn't have one in the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first wideout game in a decade against a non big 10 opponent. That's and cool. the last one, do you, do you remember who that was? I'm going to guess Alabama. It was. It was Alabama in 2011. Alabama came in and beat Penn State. Uh, that was 10 years ago, and I'm feeling uh, maybe we're going to have a repeat of history here. And so, I, I mean, excited about this one. It, it, I love that they're doing a whiteout, but Auburn's jerseys are going to be white. So, like, Yeah, we're, we're stormtroopers, so basically they're cheering us on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, this is going to be a night game, uh, 6.30 Central Time. Uh and it's going to have college game day there. It was just announced. And, uh, I mean, top 25 matchup, wide out, 106,000 fans packed in there. I know some Auburn fans are already gone. I think my parents are going with some of their friends. Nice. That would be – I mean, like that environment's going to be electric. Um, Benny, I mean, anytime I feel like college game day comes into town, Ben, you're a part of plenty of them at Auburn. Like, can you explain, like, what difference that makes – um, and you know, brings it to that next level. Why, why that is the whole country's looking at you, man. So uh, I think that's kind of the biggest things is, you know, not only do you have a game that's going to be on the national level, but from the kickoff of the, the day uh, at like 9am until the, the late game, the whole country's looking at what's happening in your uh, area of play. Mm-hmm. and what's happening on your campus. So it's pretty cool for Penn State to kind of have this opportunity. I think this is like the, what is it, the eighth time or something like that, that they've actually had college game day there, and it's been a couple years since they've actually had them. Um, I think it was black, back in October 2019 was the last time they were there. So this is uh, this is big for Penn State. Uh, it's good to put them on the map, and it's big for Auburn to have this, you know, external conference matchup like you said top 25 teams uh, top 20 depending on which one you're looking at mm-hmm. uh, Penn State I think is in the top 10 now so yeah, yeah it's uh it's really exciting the fact that everyone's going to be looking at this early on everyone's going to know about this game the headgear is going to come out come on Corso pick that ugly lion <laughs> you know you want to buddy do it put the and, curse uh, on yeah I I'm so excited to kind of have a day of Auburn football instead of just a game. Yeah, that I don't know. It, it, anytime it, it's come to Auburn's campus and I've got to experience it, the the fans feel it, but the the players do as well. Because you know what? Even though Auburn's game is going to be at six thirty, there's going to be fans on campus at like four a.m. or five a.m. Yep. getting there super early, so they get front row at college game day. And that brings a lot of energy to the players. Um, now, can Art Auburn harness that? 
for Auburn, since it's not in Auburn, can they harness that? And can I, you know, maybe even you know block out some of it at the same time? Like I feel like you have to, you know, block out the white noise um, that is college game day as well. But also, if it's you know you're feeling the energy, use it. Um, the white noise and a white out. Yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah, that was good. Um, you know the fact that last week when uh, Penn State was finishing up their game and they were chanting, we want Auburn. <laughs> uh, I was like, absolutely, please. Feed me. I like, want more of this. Get ready to take on the number one offense and defense in the nation right now. So mm-hmm. uh, get ready, Penn State. Yeah, as soon as I, I saw videos of that, you know, rolling around on social media, I was just like, yes. I love when teams do this because – not to say Auburn's gonna, you know, run away with it just because of that. I mean, fans do fan, you know, what fans do, but that's kind of you know their fans' mentality. They're thinking, yeah, we're ready for you, Auburn, and I don't know if they're ready for us. Like, I I think Auburn, if they play well, we're gonna give them a heck of a game, and that's gonna be fun to watch. The night game, man, I I just can't wait to see how this. How Auburn performs in this hostile environment. If we do well, I think it kind of bodes well. If not, I think it's kind of a learning experience of you know what to expect in a hostile environment. Because I mean, Ben, think about it. A lot of these teams, yeah, we had you know opposing you know way games last year, but it was only twenty thousand fans, and so to go into a place that's fully packed is just on another level. So that's going to be something for these players, especially guys like tank Bigsby that, you know, he hasn't had the full stadium experience Mm -hmm. because he's, he's only a sophomore. He's it's the second year. There's plenty of other guys like that. See how they perform and uh, you know, kind of react to that big environment. Yep. For sure. Um, I did want to kind of go into some of these uh, you know, what we know about Penn state Um, their, their offense necessarily wasn't that great. Their first game a lot better in their second game against Ball State. Um, maybe that was partially due to Wisconsin and Wisconsin's really good defense in the first game. But I, I, I'm i not 100% sure what to expect out of Penn State's offense. It could be like the first game, but it could be like their second game where they were much better. So I, I think our defense has kind of shown we don't care. We're going to be good either way. And I think Auburn's defense has transitioned – to what we we can just another great defense and that's under a new defensive coordinator already like i feel like most defenses it takes you a little bit to get used to not Mm. for this team like this defense seems like they were ready to go even game one um like their season they'd been under this coaching staff on defense for a long time so that's a i think that's a positive for us um Ben, any other kind of things you know about Penn State um, for this game? Yeah, so, I mean, if you look at Penn State as a whole, uh, they return 16 starters, nine on offense, seven on defense. And looking at last season, uh, they had a really – one of the worst seasons in Penn State history. Yeah, it was 2020. It was a pandemic season. It was weird. But they went 0-5, really, mm-hmm. to start that season and then finished off 4-0. And uh, they've been 6-0 and in their last six games, so yeah. had a nice little role. I don't think that people expected them to perform as well as they did at Wisconsin. That was in a hostile environment. Wisconsin doesn't have the best 
uh, offense around, but defensively, they are one of the best in the Big Ten. So having Penn State kind of be where they are right now, I think is almost a surprise for them. And uh, if you look at their statistical leaders, look, Sean Clifford is a good quarterback. So he knows how to hit guys in stride. He's mobile in his own. He's not afraid to tuck it and run. Yeah. And uh, if you look at kind of our defense as a whole, um, if we play zone, we had a lot of gaps. And for mobile quarterbacks, we didn't hit them until they'd you know at least gotten back to the line of scrimmage. So um, I'm a little bit worried there defensively. Hmm. Uh, as far as their running back goes, uh, one, their offensive line is very good. Uh, they've got some big boys, both on their offense and defensive line. Uh, their running back, top running back right now is Noah Kane. And then their top wide receiver is Jahan Dotson. Uh, Dotson is actually a very good player. Um, so I think we need to kind of man up on him <laughs> as much as we can. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we'll be interesting to see kind of how our, our, defensive plays kind of come in um i know that a lot of tape is going to be watched for the past six games for penn state going into this uh but all in all um there's nothing here that that scares me too much that i don't think our defense can handle and on an offensive side uh look penn state's defense is pretty good um if you look at last season even though they had those first four oh and five uh games they were still statistically in the Big Ten because that was the only games they played last year. Uh, number two in offense, number four on defense. So hmm. even though they had a losing season, statistically, they were still one of the best teams in the Big Ten. That's pretty great. And this year, you know, they're now either the top ranked or second to top ranked behind Ohio State, who choked against Oregon. <laughs> so, uh, Penn State kind of has everything to lose right now, which I feel pretty good about. Uh, our running game, the offensive line is going to have to be stout in this because their defensive front seven at Penn State is very good, uh, and they're good at getting into the backfield. So I really want to see kind of that matchup. I think that's really the biggest thing that's going to be telling in this because we rely on our running game in order to produce yardage and produce scores. So it'll be important important to see kind of how Bo is able to handle uh, the defensive pressure from Penn state, especially in a very hostile environment. The last time we saw Bo in a very hostile environment, I feel like was his freshman year against Florida or maybe that was that last year. Uh, no, he, a couple he was, years ago. Yeah, well, he had Florida and LSU. Like those were, you know, tough games for him. I very true. Was that last year? It was two years ago. Cause it was, okay. it was yeah, loud. That's right. Yeah. Um, so this, I mean, last year, look, when you travel on the road, it's not as hostile in a pandemic environment where you have like 25% because, I mean, the Georgia game, granted, was very loud last year, so that's fine. But they also packed in, if I'm going to guess, 40 to 45%. Like. Yeah. They, well, they also have that, that green space or whatever up top that you can kind of get on or whatnot. I mean, Georgia's mm-hmm. a weird stadium. I never want to <laughs> yeah. have that be my home stadium, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, so... This is going to be kind of interesting, I think, for Bo. Uh, I hope we just, like, put some earphones in his helmet this week and just, like, blast him. <laughs> so, uh, concert level. Get him because... so he can't hear his own thoughts. Yeah. And if he can do that and still play well, he can perform anywhere. 
Absolutely. Holistically, yeah. I feel really good about this game. Yeah. Just because I, of the way we've been performing. I, I'm feeling much better after this couple weeks of shutting out, you know, yeah, lesser than opponents, but the way that we're doing it is in just a dominant performance on all fronts. So that kind of leads me into, you know, let's let's talk about some of our players to watch for this game on offense. Um, ben, who are you going to be watching on offense uh, for Auburn this game? Uh, I've got to go with Bo. So Bo Nix is really, I think, a player that has so much trajectory, but the development that he's gotten at Auburn has limited him. And I feel like under the Brian Harson and Mike Bobo kind of offensive scheme, he's gotten a lot more um, comfortable within that spot, mm-hmm. but he hasn't had to play anyone who's in his face. Yeah. state is going to be all up in his grill. No doubt. So him coming into a very hostile environment, the poise that's going to be needed to be able to make wise decisions to protect the ball and to run when he needs to, I think is going to be really important here. And uh, I've, because of the ball being in his hands, I've got to have Bo as my player to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I would definitely go with him too, just because he, he's you know we, we've had issues with him in away games you know not performing as well as he does in Jordan Hare so mm-hmm. I want to see I mean I think some of that also had to do with the fundamentals of the game not being cemented for him so when he gets a little frazzled it's he reverts back to his high school playing where he was you know he was able to still perform at a high level but he didn't have necessarily the same form every time so there weren't the same consistent results. So I think now after seeing some of Bo Nix's games, um, a couple of them now this season, he's fixed a lot of those fundamentals. He's not having the happy feet. He's hitting the long ball, which was something that he was overthrowing a lot in previous years. So I'm, I'm hopeful that Bo can kind of you know, fix things. I'll give it an honorable mention. I think it's going to be, I'm going to also be watching Demetrius Robertson because I I think he's going to be a go-to guy. He's played big time games, um, and he's he's been around these big environments before. So I look to him to see how well he uses that senior leadership of experiencing those big games to uh, really you know, help the others around him that are younger. Hey, this is this is how it is. This is how you play. Um, and if Demetrius does well, I think uh, our team is also going to do well um, on offense. For sure. Can I give an honorable mention on offense as well? Yeah, go for it. Look, the, the two-headed beast that is our running game of Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, I think is going to be the difference maker in this game. Yeah. So while it's, it's Bo and his poise and the passing game, that hasn't been our bread and butter so far. So uh, I'm definitely keeping my eye on those guys. Right, and I think we might have to rely a little bit more on them if the wide receivers aren't ready to go as, yeah. as much as we're hoping. Or if so, those having trouble. Yeah. Got to take the gotta, pressure off of him. Yeah, and that's the way you do it is hand the ball off and uh, give them easy plays where Tank can move the chains and keep the, the ball moving until Bo gets comfortable and can make those uh, you know tight window passes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about defense. Who's your player to watch for Auburn for defense? Uh, I hope I'm not taking yours, but I've got to say Roger McQuarrie. Ooh, uh, yes. Reason for it is we really need to have, need to be plus side on the turnovers here. 
And I think a turnover is, could be the difference in this game. Um, if you look at the line, it opened up. Uh, Penn State is a six-point favorite. They've gone up to a seven-point favorite now just on Sunday. So, uh, look, we're going to have to have a turnover, I think, to, to make this a, a very competitive game. And I, I feel like Roger McQuarrie is the best one to put us in that spot mm, yeah. to take the ball away from Penn State. That's a good one. Uh, I'm, a, I'm also going to throw out there, I think there's going to be a couple guys that will be intentionally going after the passer. I think one of those is going to be Eku Leota, And then I think the other I'm going to kind of put in there is TD Moultrie. So kind of like the, you know, whoever at that time is bringing that extra pressure, I want to watch them see if they can get pressure on the quarterback, get into the backfield and, and cause some havoc. Like I really want them to do that. Um, and this will be a good opponent to do so um, because I think if they do that, we, we have a much better chance of, you know, doing well um, in this hostile environment. Yeah, I completely agree. And if I had a, an honorable mention there too, Owen Papo, I think is going to be one of the guys that we put on a blitz package. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't gotten to see that yet. So yeah. I hope we have some blitz packages where the linebackers really get in there. I think we will. I mean, I think we've kind of been saving some of those uh, until bigger games like this. I, I, I just have a gut feeling. Um, let's talk about special teams. Who are you going to be watching for Auburn on special teams? Uh, I'm, I'm picking the the top top guys here. So <laughs> better go with Anders Carlson, just because if we get in a pinch where we need a field goal, um, that could be the difference in a victory or a loss. Uh, so I, I honestly feel it won't come down to that. But another thing that I think is going to be big on Anders' part is in the past couple games, he hasn't been just blowing the ball out the back of the end zone on kickoffs. I want to see some kickoffs just go straight through the back of the end zone. Because kind of like, it reminds me a lot of, like, I want it to remind me of, you know, Daniel Carlson. Like, yep. sometimes there was no doubt in my mind that there was no way. The guy was yeah, no absolutely. Way. And Penn State has some explosive special teams players. So I don't want to have some fluke kick return so uh, let's let's put that ball away every time and not have something crazy happen. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. The guy on special teams I'll be watching is Oscar Chapman. I just have a feeling, yeah, we're going to put up points, but there will be a handful of punts where Auburn's going to have to punt. And the the punter for her Penn State is really good. He's uh you know, last game he averaged 51 yards per punt. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um and I I really want to see if we can flip the field on them um with Oscar Chapman's leg. He's his first game wasn't too hot. I think he averaged around like 35 yards per punt or something pretty low. But I think Oscar can get it together. Um he's shown that he can boom it really far. So I want to see him flip the field. All right, Ben. Final segment of the day. The best one, in my opinion. I think, Ben, did we come up with this one originally? The Auburn fan perspective of the SEC? We did. Yeah. This was kind of our, our, you know, we loved this idea of putting on our orange and blue sunglasses, looking at the SEC, and just seeing what we see. Because there's a lot that goes on every week. Um, sometimes we expand that a little bit outside of SEC, but we usually focus mostly on SEC. Ben, any any games you want to start out with from this week um, and just the craziness that was week two um, of college football? Oh, man. So um, I'd say the biggest surprise for me was the Texas-Arkansas game. Mm, yeah. So uh, welcome to the SEC, Texas. <laughs> so look, I, I fully expected Texas to come in and just prove their dominance as a program, especially with Sarkeesian there. And because Arkansas has been so bad for so long, I did not expect them to really just manhandle the Longhorns. That mm-hmm. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, it really uh, was. Arkansas owned that game, and Texas looked silly. That, that was nuts. So... uh yeah, way to go, Arkansas. It looks like uh, Pig Suey is is something again, um, if they ever were. Uh, Walmart Land was rocking, and <laughs> a very, I mean, a very good Texas team when it comes to the relative nature of the Big 12. They're in the top half of that. They're probably number three behind Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, they just looked ridiculous. Yeah. And Arkansas was just crushed them. Crazy yeah. game. I think everything Arkansas did seemed to work. And then a lot of stuff, Texas. I mean, Texas struggled to even get on the scoreboard for a while. Yep. And and Arkansas was just running away with it. And I know it's in Arkansas, like, whatever. But, like, Texas just didn't look prepared. And I think back to, you know, when we were, you know, searching for coaches, one of the ones big names was thrown out was Sarkeesian, who's now at Texas. And – I'm just thinking about all the talent level at Texas that comes from high school and the money there, the facilities that Texas has. They, it's just incredible that, that Texas isn't able to perform up to what I think most people think they should. Yeah, give them a couple of years. Uh, I mean, what we've given them how many years since they were in the national championship? And then after that, <laughs> like I've been trash. Yeah. Well, I think their biggest problem was, uh, Firing Mark Brown, Mac mm, Brown, Mac Brown, yeah, yeah, and then uh, they've had a couple coaches that haven't done them any favors. So look, Sarkeesian's good at 
at developing players, if anything else. And Texas is good at recruiting teams. So I don't expect them to be the bottom of the SEC like they looked like on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, look, when, when Arkansas beats your tail and they're the worst team in the West, like, that's pretty sad. That is very uh, sad. I expect Texas to kind of get better over the next few years. But you're right. Yeah. They, looked, they looked terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, another game that also looked terrible was Texas A&M, speaking of another Texas team. Yep. They barely beat Colorado. I'm beating Sad. on the table over here because I think that's ridiculous. Texas yep. A&M almost lost to Colorado. Like literally the score was three to seven with less than three minutes to play in the game. They were losing. They had only put up three points in like 57 minutes. Yeah. And you call yourself a you know top, whatever. Like <laughs> the top, top five. five. Are you kidding me? Like, Can we say overrated? Overrated is an understatement. Yeah. Like they don't scare me nearly as much as I, I thought coming into this season, but and they've yeah, got that's so Texas much A&M. talent <laughs> and, and look, yeah, they were playing in Denver and I know that that stadium's a little crazy. Um, the altitude and everything, the way it affects you at the same time though, like the talent level, much. well, just the talent level of Texas A&M versus a Colorado team. I'm sorry, but your third string should be able to beat Colorado without any mm-hmm. issue. And the fact that you went down to the wire with this team and barely squeaked out a win is very sad. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And I understand like Texas A&M starting quarterback Haynes uh, King did get injured in the game, wasn't able to return. He came back with the boot on and crutches. But I'd expect, like you said, second and third string to handle business. And it, and it took literally until three minutes left in the game or under three minutes for them to get the lead. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's so weird. <laughs> Struggle bus is for sure at Texas A&M <laughs> right now. Um, so there were some other, you know, smaller games like Ole Miss beat Austin pay Mississippi state beat NC state, even though that, you know, that was a pretty good game. Like, but I think Mississippi state for a lot of that actually struggled a lot and NC state, I mean, they're pretty good in the ACC. Like, yeah, they're they're they should finish you know pretty high up in the ACC by the end of this year. Probably so, like the somewhere between second to fourth best team behind yeah. Clemson. Clemson's looked bad, yeah. uh, so we'll have to see exactly what that means. But NC State's not a pushover. No, and Mississippi State beating them twenty four to ten, I feel is a a very solid victory. Yeah. Um, and then I think one of the more kind of yeah, bigger games, just because it was, a, I think our first, I think it was our first SEC matchup was Kentucky versus Missouri. And this mm-hmm. one actually came down to the last final few minutes. Um, Kentucky ended up winning over Miss, Missouri, um, 35-28. But Missouri had a chance at the end to come back and tie it up. Um, I mean, that was a good game. I, I look forward to m- many more SEC games coming up. Um, and, I, yeah, th- this kind of gives me a taste of, yeah, SEC football is coming back and it's going to be real good. Uh, LSU beat McNeese. Okay, good job. Uh, still <laughs> not super impressive. They only beat them by 30 or uh, it's like tw- 28 points. Yeah, I feel like you can beat them by more. But, yeah, that's LSU this year. They're not great. <laughs> nope. I'm feeling really good about that game too. Yeah, same here. Um, like the the teams uh, like Texas A&M and LSU are making me think 
like we could legitimately go five and zero oh going into the Georgia game. Well, more than that, I just want to break this stupid curse, man. Dude, we haven't beat LSU year. this century. Same year. And the last three coaches couldn't do it. So yeah. uh, it's on you, Harson. Make <laughs> it happen. Hey, he's uh, he's coming in with fresh blood, and he doesn't. Hopefully, the the curse doesn't you know go to people from Idaho. So that's my only hope. <laughs> yeah, he knows nothing about it. Yeah. Um, one of the more weird games in the SEC, and this is again like, oh my gosh, yeah, South Carolina is two and zero, but they almost lost to a directional school like <laughs> Eastern East Carolina, twenty yep. to seventeen. Like <laughs> South Carolina was down fourteen to zero early on, and you're just like, oh my gosh, South Carolina, are you kidding me? South Carolina looks real bad. They're looking so bad. Um, so uh, they're going to get destroyed by Georgia this week. That's going to be brutal for them. Yeah. They have a good uh, coach, though. I, I think Baby Beamer yeah. can turn it around. Shane Beamer, I mean, I, I, I'm I, really loving the kind of, I think, like, 2022 class. He's got, you know, really good class for next year. But this is not this. Not, like, this year is this year. It's not 2022 22 yet. So he's got to do something now. But I think in two to four years, when he's starting to get the recruits that Shane Beamer has the capability to do, I think South Carolina kind of you know rises up um, and and gets back to being a good competition. And uh, right now they have not been good competition, and that hurts me because of last year's results against South Carolina. Thanks, Gus. Ah, oh, buddy, still yeah. hurts. Still well, hurts. here's the thing: is like don't get excited, Cox fans, because. Uh... I don't expect Shane Beamer to be around for two to four years. <laughs> you really don't? Like, how, how long do you think he'll be there? Uh, until Virginia Tech fires their head coach and hires him. Oh, okay. I can see it. Beamer's going back it. home. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's another close one. And uh, not, not something that you would think would be a close one, and even a loss. Pittsburgh beat Tennessee. Um, okay. Well, honestly, Pittsburgh – is right there in the top of the ACC. So I wasn't surprised by this. Um, well, Tennessee is not great. Yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee's, uh, they are a team that are rebuilding for the past decade. So, yeah. <laughs> this is not Tennessee of old. Yeah. Well, and then I think Tennessee ended up losing their quarterback for the game after a sack. He might be out for the season. I don't think, I haven't heard anything official, but Ooh, that it, sucks. If that's true, Tennessee, I mean, good luck this year. <laughs> good luck if you lost your starting quarterback already in game two. Tennessee, is is that the transfer from uh, – hold on. Is that the transfer from Michigan that they lost? I do not know, honestly. Let me go check. Let me go check. Okay. Yeah, Joe Milton, did he go out? I think so. I think that Interesting. was Interesting. So that means Hendon Hooker probably came in. I didn't watch this game. But I did see that it was – I saw it in the stadium when they were putting it up, and I was like, come on, Tennessee, pull it out. Yeah. But no. So I'm already seeing articles out about this. This could get – yeah, the Tennessee yeah, – this could be really bad for Tennessee. And I believe yeah. it. I mean, it could honestly even get the coach fired after a year or so just because, like, Tennessee, I, I feel like it's probably about to drop a lot of – they're going to lose a lot. Like, if they what? win even a you know, two or three SEC games this year – I think that would be a success for them. But Josh Hapel's not, not a not a bad coach, so I wouldn't go crazy on him right away. He's he's been given a real bad hand. We'll put it that way. No, it's so uh, true. 
money bags of McDonald's cash. So, uh, look, we got to cut them some slack this season. If anyone's having a rebuilding season in the SEC, it is the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, yeah. They're almost having to get volunteer players. Ooh. So, Ooh. that's true. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> um. All right, let's talk about a couple more games. These were more blowout games. Uh, Florida beat uh, Southern, South Florida 42-20. to 20. Uh, But I think the big talk is about quarterback battle because there's there's a lot of uh, talk about who's the actual quarterback. Um, Dan Mullen is essentially kind of doing a two-quarterback system, which I know we've kind of talked about previously in previous seasons. Is it even feasible? What do you think is is it a good way to move forward for Florida is you know having both Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson at quarterback doing a dual quarterback kind of system is that what do you think of that Yeah so I hate Gator Nation um especially after we lost him this last time before that I was okay with them <laughs> Um so a little a little butt hurt still and that's fine Uh the last time Florida had a two quarterback system they won the national championship mm. So uh I think it's fine for them. I think it works well in a Florida environment. And honestly, like Anthony Richardson is a baller. Yeah. And Emory Jones is not bad. So for both of them, depending on kind of what you're trying to do to put them out there, I think a two quarterback system will work for Dan Mullen. Mm -hmm. Uh, It won't work this week when they play Alabama because it doesn't matter who they have on the field. They're going to lose by 20, but yeah, I mean, for the rest of the season, yeah, man, go for it. Go for it, Dan. Give it a try. Yeah, I I think it could work. And, and I think you made the point, and uh, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, it seems to work at Florida um, where they can have two quarterbacks. Um, and, and if they can play well interchangeably and Dan Mullen's okay with that, which so far he's pretty much said, you know, going into the Bama game, both quarterbacks are going to play. So that's implying to me his intention moving forward, at least in the short term, is we're going to have two quarterbacks that, you know, get significant play time. Um, so, hey, use the strengths of your quarterbacks. Um, I mean, honestly, like it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt me if, you know, if by chance, you know, Bobo and Harson say, you know, for this game, Bo's our you know, official quarterback, QB1. But mm-hmm. for this game, we're going to throw in TJ Finley on some drives and see what he can do and just change things up. I mean, if, I mean, I think even going into the Penn state game, if Bo's struggling, I honestly kind of hope that Harson has the guts to kind of say, you know what, Bo take a seat for this next, you know, possession or so and let TJ Finley do his thing. Yep. I would love to see that. Honestly. Same. I think we need to be able to do that, especially because look, I'd say Bo Nix's biggest question mark is consistency, especially on the road. Yeah. So, hey, if we can put – TJ Finley's a good player. Like, LSU was really kicking themselves for letting him go now that they lost their starter to a fishing accident or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. And then their third-string quarterback is not great. So, Finley left to go to another school because he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Look, I think we could do a two quarterback system at Auburn. I think it'd be fine. Yeah. I'd love to see it. It would be a fun, fun thing to see. I don't know if we'll see it, but I would love to see it if Bo's struggling, you know, see what happens. Yep. And maybe interchange them a little bit. 
Um, and big blowout, Georgia beat UAB, which UAB this year is pretty good. Um, they've had you know pretty good seasons um, recently. Um, but I think UAB, uh, Georgia just kind of you know imposed their will upon UAB, one fifty six to seven. Um, I do want to point out that this was uh, you know everybody's got you know the turnover thing. One of the cool things that I saw, and this was unique, I did not even think about this for UAB, but you know, the, the, you know, they got like a dragon as their you know, mascot. Like, how cool is it that they, for a turnover, had a dragon school? It looked that crazy. Cool? <laughs> the thing cool. was massive. Maybe yeah. it was the maybe it was where the camera was. I didn't watch the game, but I saw a picture of this thing, and I was like, my gosh, that's pretty cool. That is massive. I mean, it's not the turnover. Uh, what was it? They had. At Tennessee, like the turnover trash can, I've seen like <laughs> the Miami like gold chain thing. Like those are very gimmicky. I mean, I guess you know the, <laughs> I guess the Dragon School is the epitome of you know. Oh yeah, that, for sure. Like I mean, Georgia has cool. their spiky spiky the shoulder, shoulder pads, pads or whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm just glad Auburn doesn't do it. If I'm being honest, like I I don't think players work towards that. And if anything, it's just like okay, like the players kind of feel weird about it. Sometimes it looks like um all right let's also talk about bama beating mercer this would be the last one okay they beat him dominant win yeah (laughs) didn't look as good as our win i'll tell you that that is true they did not shut out mercer like auburn did so yeah i'm feeling good about that right (laughs) yeah come on bama what are you doing stop playing around over there yeah you're gonna play real football like we are over here yeah um Ben, any other final thoughts about you know other SEC games or um, anything about the Penn State game and looking forward to that? Uh, are we going to make our predictions? Oh, yes. How did I forget about that? Yes. I didn't know we were time. just saving it to the end. You know, Let's uh, save it. It's, it's been a while since I've been on this. So yeah, I thought you were just making the, making the listeners wait it out. I think let's wait, make them wait. No, I'm just kidding. Let's get into <laughs> it. Um, for our preseason – I'll even give out Jared's. Jared's said Auburn was going to win by 10. I thought Penn State would win by three points. Ben, how are you feeling about this game uh, now that we're at game week for Penn State? Yeah, I love it. Uh, so uh, what, what is a, a good good course of saying? Like, uh, hey, Jared, nice pick, nice pick. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think all the hype is going Penn State's way. College game day in Penn State the wide out the nation is going after the nittany lions the first day where the odds dropped it was a six point spread in penn state's favor immediately jumped up to a seven point i don't think anyone thinks auburn has a chance in this game and i love that oh yes so uh i think auburn i've got them as a four point favorite no they are not all right i've got auburn as a four point favorite in this game yeah, I think Auburn goes into Happy Valley, beats Penn State on the road. The Harson train keeps on trucking, and uh, I'm feeling good about this one. I've got Auburn with the victory on Saturday. Yeah, uh, for- four-point win. I forgot to mention, this game, I remember when we got to it in our preseason show, Jared was like, I'm, I'm channeling my optimist Auburn barner that is ben king and he was like i think auburn's <laughs> gonna win by 10 points i was like good for you good for you and yet jared's still barning harder than you so i don't know what do you have to say about that 
I think I'm looking at the statistics here. <laughs> um, and that's why. Look, Penn State's a good team. They, uh, they are a very good team, and it's going to be a very hostile environment. But I think, like, if this was a Gus Malzahn-type team, I'd be a lot more hesitant mm. to say Auburn's taking the victory. But with the way that Harson's kind of prepared us, I feel like we're going to be ready to rock and roll on Saturday. That's and nice. it doesn't matter the distractions. They're going to be out of our mind. Uh, the whole world's going to be watching, at least the whole U.S., uh, the whole college football world, at least. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I feel like we're going to turn some heads on Saturday. That's exactly what I'm hoping. Um, and, and I did predict Penn State winning by three. I think this is a toss-up game. It could go either way. But I, I love Auburn when they're the underdog and underappreciated. I'm actually going to flip my prediction and say Auburn's going to win by three um, because I, I have faith in us and love the direction we're heading. And I, I legitimately think we can do it. And and honestly, Jared's pick might actually be closer if we have all of the pieces that we've already shown in the first couple games come together. Defense yep. is already there. Special teams is pretty much already there. And it's just offense, and specifically like Bo Nix, how he handles this this big game situation. I think the run game is going to be great. Wide receivers, maybe a little question mark there, but I I think we've we've got some good pieces moving forward. And I think this Penn State game might be a, a big statement in, in for the nation. Yeah, you know, if we're able to come out with this one. Absolutely. All right. Any other thoughts before we go? Uh, no, sir. I'm. Stoked that we finally have this first big test. You know, we've passed the quizzes with flying colors. It's test time. Let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And uh, how can the people stay in touch with you before we get out of here? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And then uh, also do a podcast with my friend CJ Sweat called Moneyline. That's, uh, you can find that anywhere where podcasts are. We break down five college football games every weekend, kind of give you the lines and really statistically who's going to win those that's good that's good they definitely go check that out for ben and uh what he and cj are doing over there uh and if you want to stay in touch with me you can find me on twitter at a j a y j a y underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.